PTF here, very happy to introduce a new show on the In The Money Media Network, focusing on the harness side of things. Eventually, this will have its own feed where the harness content lives, but to kick things off, we're putting it out on the main podcast feed. Very excited what we come up with here. Pleased to be partnering with the Mohawk Raceway and hopefully some other folks in the harness industry as well. I've been very impressed with the work I've seen from Edison Hatter, both on our website and also in the wider world of harness racing. He was the one I thought of when it came time to launch a harness show on this network, and I'm very happy now to hand this off to him. Without further ado, here's Edison Hatter. Well, thank you so much, Pete, and uh, this will be the first edition here of First Over with Edison Hatter, a hopefully twice or three times weekly show here on harness racing from Woodbine Mohawk as well as other places around the country and North America we'll talk about um, as each week goes by. So happy to be joined this week by special guest Robert Reed Jr., who is the author of the Horse Players Journal at Woodby Mohawk, as well as the on-air handicapping personality at Grand River. Robert, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Edison. And you know what? Uh, it's really an honor to be uh, your first guest on this show. I love your work, and I'm happy to be here today. Thank you so much, Robert. Appreciate it. And, uh, so I got to start, before we jump into this early pick five tomorrow night at Woodbine Mohawk, have to talk a little bit about your experiences this week, and particularly on Monday, you got the opportunity to broadcast and work on your first industry day at Grand River, and a very good edition of the Battle of Waterloo, better have my money there through some pretty quick fractions, got the job done. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was a fantastic day, uh, you know, on industry day. I, I've had a ball really doing the uh, on-air broadcast at Grand River Raceway all season. Uh, but the opportunity to be there live, you know, with a, a pretty big crowd on hand uh, was just uh, fantastic. Seeing, you know, all the, the fans on the tarmac, which we've, you know, haven't had, uh, you know, in, in you know recent memory here in Ontario with the uh, shutdowns that we've had. Um, but, you know, really a, a fantastic card of racing as well. I've always loved the Battle of Waterloo and Industry Day as a whole. Um, you know, and this year we got to see a real good one between uh, Better Have My Money and uh, Aaron Wood Eves. Of course, uh, James McDonald and uh, Better Have My Money emerged on top, but it was one heck of a race. And, you know, the Battle of the Bells, too, was a good one uh, with um, Love That Smile and Louis Philippe Bois dominating uh, that side of it. So just a fantastic day, top to bottom. Uh, you know, I've always uh, loved Industry Day from the other side of the fence, uh, but, but being there and, and uh, you know, being able to be on air all day was just truly uh, an incredible experience. Well, that's good to know, and uh, hopefully we'll look forward to hearing more from you down at Grand River as well as Woodbine Mohawk, which is where we will turn our attention next. So tomorrow night, Saturday, August the 7th, 2021, we have a $0.20, $100,000 guaranteed pick five, races one, two, three, four, and five, the first five on that Saturday evening card. And let's just jump right into it here, looking at the first race, Phillies and Mares, non-winners of 33000 in their last five starts. And you're just going too deep here to kick off this pick five, the three and the five, your top selection, though, being the five major occasion A. Yeah, we've got a great card at uh, Mohawk Park, uh, you know, on, on Saturday night uh, to follow up that uh, fantastic card uh, south of the border at the uh, at the Meadowlands and for Hambo Day. And, and listen, in this opening leg, I really wanted to, um, you know, kind of come out strong and, and not waste too much equity on spreading out. I really think it's a race where you can either go too deep or you really got to use around six of them. So I, I only went too deep with number three, Treacherous Rain, and number five, Major Occasion. I think they're the best two uh, mares in the race. 
Treacherous Rain, you know, had a good campaign up here uh, last season, uh, you know, now gets reunited with Bob McClure and, uh, and you know, Tony Alanya certainly uh, uh, does a great job with this one. But, you know, major occasion, I thought, raced fantastic last time and the uh, Philly Mares uh, preferred finishing third to Lita Rose and so much more. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, major occasion is one that you have to have on your ticket. Wouldn't be surprised if she uh, finds the winner's circle this time, getting back into a regular rotation and making her second start back up here at uh, Mohawk Park. But I'll be honest, like if someone said to me, hey, you know, there's others I want to use in here, I'd have no problem with someone saying they want to use four or five, even six of them in the opening leg. But for me, I want to keep it tight and uh, have more equity down the road. Well, that's good, Robert, because I will be one of those. I did not use five or six, but I will use four in this opening leg. I do use the three and the five with you, Treacherous Rain and Major Occasion A. But I also use the two, Karma Sealster, as well as the six, Majestic Virgin. In particular, I'll ask you about the six, Majestic Virgin. That's six to one morning line. Now, she's running into some trouble lately. Finished with broken equipment last time out. Had a break at the beginning of the month, right before, the, right after the start. But in between, I think it sneakily put in some pretty good races. Gets a little bit of class relief here today. And I know she was racing pretty well. In fact, her best mark of the year came down at the Meadowlands this year when she was with us this spring due to the shutdown. Yeah, definitely. You know, Majestic Virgin is one that uh, I would have if I spread it a little bit further. That's, uh, you know, for certain. And I respect the connections. And I, I do know one of the owners, uh, Frank Brendel, and they're, they're certainly high on this mare. Uh, I can't fault you for for using uh, Majestic Virgin or Karma Sealster, really. Karma Sealster has been racing great at the preferred level. I thought last time I might take too much out of her. Uh, and I'm, I'm just hoping to kind of skate through with those two mares in the opening leg. Okay, well, once you get through, or we both hope we do, get through that first leg... We see the second race the exact same way. We both use the two, West Beach, and the five, Town Delinquent. So which of these two did you prefer here, and what did you see between these two? You know what? I think it's really... Uh... I think it's a thin margin between these two. They're both trained by uh, uh, Richard Moreau, and I think that uh, both look like they stand out uh, on paper. And when you watch the replays, uh, it, it kind of lines up with what you see in the program. West Beach uh, certainly is the, I would say, the class of the field, dropping down to this level, and you know is one that uh, you know got a win on June the twenty fifth in a dead heat. Had to share the victory, um, you know, in this class. But you know, Town Delinquent's going to be one that I'm going to have my eye on. Uh, I think this was a real sharp claim by Don Beanland uh, and Richard Moreau, two back here at Mohawk Park for just $18,000. Really raced well at Georgian Downs in the Philly Mare Preferred 2 last time. And I think she builds on that effort uh, to, you know, maybe uh, you know be the runner-up or, or maybe even win in what appears to be, you know, kind of a softer version of this class. For me, it's just those two, and I'd be shocked if uh, if anyone else won this race. Yeah, I have to tend to agree with you there. Um, you know, the five-town delinquent, I think, would probably be my top selection and forced to pick between the two. Obviously, that claim two back and did race very well at Georgians, so now looking for three wins, wins in a row for her, and she's three for 10 this year, looking for that fourth win of 2021. So as we flip on to the third race, we both are going deep in this leg. We're each using four horses, a couple of them the same. But now your top selection in here is the 10, do you see it? And that's a big 10 to 1 price on the morning line. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping we get that value come race time. And, and obviously, you know, post 10 is difficult. You know, the slanted gate here now certainly makes it a little bit easier for those horses to leave out. And do you see it uh, has the early speed to do so? And, you know, Doug McNair in the bike, he's, he's, you know, one of the best in the business of getting horses off the switch. Last time this horse sat a two hole trip and was locked and blocked the entire stretch drive, screaming out for room, never got it. And I love that, um, you know, do you see it should be brave coming into this one? You know, I, obviously the outside post is not ideal. Early speed should be able to overcome it. 
did win uh, his way out of non-winners of one just two starts ago. But, you know, that start getting, uh, you know, acclimated to this class last time, I think will certainly serve him well in here. I hope do you see it goes off at a price, but I'm pretty sure that others saw that race as well. And he probably won't offer that 10 to one he is in the morning line. So now two horses that we both use in here, the one racing with the wind, as well as the two twin B fighter racing with the wind, going through some pretty quick fractions there from post eight. And the Ontario Sire Stakes think could have an interesting trip here tonight. I think he might be sent there from the rail. What do you think? Yeah, I would think so too. You've got Sylvan Filion, you know, at the controls. He was he was driving last time and against a much tougher group. But if you go back to this one's victory on uh, July the first, uh, I was on that one, you know, that day with Sylvan jumping aboard and and he, you know, skated out to the early lead and and never looked back. So you know, this is now a non-winners of two. But you know, this this uh, Colt did have a good start too back. Uh, in this uh, class. And I think uh, Filion being back at the controls is going to be a big uh, key to this one's success. And I think I pegged this one for fourth uh, in the uh, horse players journal, but I wouldn't be surprised if he outperformed that projection. So now this the interesting one for me in this race is the two twin B fighter who, you know, was down with us in the United States down at the Meadowlands back in June. Now came back to Canada in July and since then, has been taking on some pretty tough company there in some Ontario Sire Stakes, $100,000 races. And in between the non-winners of two events, and uh, hasn't really shown a whole lot in the in the lines, but maybe this drop in class tonight is what the doctor ordered for him? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I picked this horse for second. And, uh, you know, I've, I've thought this horse raced really well as a two-year-old. And, and you're right, a little bit underwhelming in his efforts so far at three. Hasn't hit the board in six starts, only 750 made. But, you know, I like what I saw on Industry Day from the uh, Ashley Hensley trainees. Uh, we saw Jody, a recent, a recent purchase uh, for them, uh, race much better. Uh, in finishing second uh, in a gold uh, division. And then we saw Scarlett Hanover, of course, dominate her rivals uh, in, in the other uh, gold. So I think that th- this barn's coming around, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a much better effort from Twin B Fighter on Saturday night. So that's the one and the two we both use in that pick four, or pick five. You use the ten. I'm My last two are the eight and the nine Island Beach Boy, who, you know, has just been right there knocking on the door, has failed as a favorite several times, and I don't know. To me, just seems like the kind of one I can't let beat me. So got to include him, even if he does burn a lot of money in the past. Now, my price that I like was the nine brilliant corners. You think he has any chance in here? You know, I, I certainly think you, he's one that has a chance and, you know, worth a flyer at a big price. You know, getting Lasix for the first time, you know, uh, Carmasiello, uh, it certainly, you know, had this one, you know, raring to go three starts back when he was the easiest kind of winner and a condition claimer. I think the last two, you know, you don't really want to hold against him because last time he faced much tougher, Jimmy Connor B. Jimmy Connor B would be a, a overwhelming favorite in here. Uh, I think that it might be a difficult task. Uh, you know, for this one. But uh, I think that uh, Jody Jameson actually booked off uh, my top selection to drive this one. So, you know, Brilliant Corners is one that I don't mind as a flyer and I don't fault you for using. Yeah, that was indeed Jody Jameson's choice there, which definitely helped uh, my opinion of him as well as the first time Lasix. And yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, th- I think three starts back, maybe that was a little closer to maybe this level. Those last two have kind of been tough ones. And uh Post gods have not been kind to him. Another outside post here, post nine tonight for Brilliant Corners. So one, two, eight, and nine for me here in race three. Now to wrap up this race, you have the one, two, four, and ten. So you've not gotten a chance yet to talk about the four, Mr. Charisma. 
Yeah, Mr. Christmas one that I think is rounding into form. You know, three third place finishes and five starts this season. But you know, they've they've come. You know, one here in non winners or two to Powertrain and Century Heineken. Well, I would bet both those horses in here with both hands at uh, any kind of price because uh, they would lay over this field. And in his last two, you know, in the Ontario uh, Sire Stakes Grassroots Divisions, you know, Jimmy Connor B Pro Line, uh, some nice other uh, form references there. So I I don't think that um, you know I think I put Mr. Charisma in the uh, third position. I'm not so sure, you know, he's one I'd want to bet to win in here, but I certainly would want to have on my pick five because he might offer some value and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets his nose on the wire. So as we move on here to race four, non-winners of 5,000 in the last five starts or non-winners of 10,000 in the last 10 starts have a full field of 10 here. And this is the leg you spread and you use the three, the eight, the nine and the 10. Yeah, I went four deep in here. I think there's definitely some opportunities for some prices. And I know that number three unloader is going to take a lot of support, you know, being a first time Richard Moreau and shipping up from the Meadowlands. And I do, you know, like this one's chances, but I also think that, uh, you know, it might be a good spot to try to get a price down uh, because I, I do think a lot of people are going to go in that direction. So I actually went to the outside of the gate, number nine, under the Southern Sun for uh, Carmen Osiello and uh, Jody Jamison. Last time finished third to He Swift and Quick Tour. You know, it was a decent effort, uh, you know, in, in non-winners of three. And, you know, prior to that, uh, I would just throw up the start before that because he was off time. Uh, some real nice uh, efforts, you know, where he was, um, you know, doing battle with, you know, second bruiser uh, and some other nice ones. And, you know, this is now non-winners of 5,000 last five. And I'm not one that will typically go to one that um, is moving to non-winners of three, moving from non-winners of three to, you know, non-winners of uh you know, last five type condition, but I do think this one fits well. He has early speed. Uh, I think we'll see it use utilized off the gate early. Uh, and, you know, I just think that this field might, uh, you know, be a little on the weaker side. So uh, under the Southern sun, I think uh, has every chance from the outside and, I also like the horse even further outside in post 10, Royal Renegade, because last time in non-winners 8,000 last five, this one got stuck behind one that stopped in front of him. And he got taken basically right out of the race to the point that he finished 10th beating 14, but I'm not going to fault him for it because, you know, he was basically, you know, taken out by a horse that dropped anchor in front of him. So Royal Renegade might be the one that offers some value from the outside post. So for me in here, I'm only two deep. I'm using the one and the three. I am definitely on the bandwagon here for the three for unloaded. And maybe I'm biased here with my Meadowlands horses, but uh, he did get the job done back on June the 12th against non-winners of 3,500. Took over before the half there and just rolled the victory from there. Since then, has had some tougher posts to deal with down there, especially post six there on Harris Philly, a couple post sevens in the Meadowlands and against tougher company as well. So continuing to drop down the ladder, the move up there, definitely. I think he's in with a chance, but I also like the one Beach and Lindy in here who two starts to go at Wood by Mohawk was a winner from post five against non-winners of 3000 jumped up to this level last week, but had post 10 from there, got off the gate last. And I don't think it was really ever in it, but was closing nicely though was, 10th by 11 and a half lengths at the half mile and still finished six feet only by four and three quarters. But with the rail here tonight, he has shown some speed in the past. Maybe he'll be sent a little bit harder from there. So one, three for me here, leg four, you go three, eight, nine, 10. And we move then to the fifth final leg, the payoff leg, non-winners of 30,000 in their last five starts. And we are both on the big class dropper drawn the far outside the eighth. Where are we vital? 
Yeah, I'm happy to hear that uh, because, you know, you certainly saw this one, uh, you know, south of the border for us at the uh, Meadowlands. And I thought that uh, this horse has put together a decent uh, four-year-old campaign. You know, only one victory so far, you know, a far cry from seven for 14 last year, uh, but obviously facing tougher now in his aged, um, you know, career. I think that uh, last week, this one had the best pace on the end of it, you know, coming home in 26 and three and really, you know, looking strong under the wire behind Sintra and wheels on fire, getting away from those two rivals and now into this top condition class. I think it's going to be all systems go for war. We vital and, you know, back into a regular rotation as well. This horse really ticks a lot of boxes for me. I made him my best bet of the night uh, in the horse players journal. Uh, the only thing I'm afraid of is that he might go off at a pretty short price. And I don't typically like doing that. Yeah, I do have to think he will be a pretty short price here by post time. So that's why hopefully we both get some prices in those first four legs. So we still get a good payout on our pick five. But uh, yeah, definitely a big class dropper in here has been pretty good down at the Meadowlands, picking up some checks in some of our in some of our stakes events with the roll with Joe and the graduate series. Um, and definitely has been coming home pretty well and some pretty quick times in there. That Meadowlands track's been playing really fast lately in a couple of 47 and 48 miles. He's uh, put along in there, definitely could get the job done here. So that is the early pick five sequence. Again, a 20-cent base wager, races one, two, three, four, and five, a $100,000 guaranteed pool. And to recap our tickets, Robert, you are going 3-5 with 2-5, with 1-2-4-10, with 3-8-9-10, with an 8 to finish it for a $12.80 ticket. And I also will spend $12.80, but a diff- little different combination. 2-3-5-6 with 2-5, with 1-2-8-9, with one, three, with eight. Perfect. You know what I like about that, Edison, is that at least both of us can uh, walk away winners. But if if it's got to you know, just be one of us, I'm happy with that too. Definitely. We both do have a lot of the same horses there. Definitely have a chance that we both can hit this ticket. And uh, we'll wish best of luck to all the players that will be playing along tomorrow at Woodby Mohawk in that early pick five and the rest of the card. And speaking of the rest of the card at Woodby Mohawk, before we turn our attention to Hamiltonian Day, Let's take a little peek later in the card of Woodbine Mohawk and take a look at race eight, the Ontario Sire Stakes Gold Series, $159,600 purse. And I know you had mentioned this earlier. How about this? A full field of 12. Good thing this didn't get split into two divisions. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. I know, you know, some of the horsemen would, would you know, say the opposite, that they'd rather see, you know, two divisions of six and, you know, maybe other horses would have entered then and you'd end up with, you know, two divisions of seven. Because uh, obviously this race comes up very difficult. But, you know, from a fan perspective and a wagering perspective, this is what it's all about. Twelve horses, ten on the gate, two trailers, uh, you know, going postward for nearly $160,000 in this Ontario Cyrus Ace Gold event. And, you know, this is really a, a murderer's row of a race. I mean, you've got just... Uh, an incredible assortment of horses. You know, Lala's Shadow, of course, the uh, Meadowlands Pace winner, is uh, back now at Mohawk Park. Uh, he was uh, third last time in the gold uh, over this service on July the 3rd. You've got Bulldog Hanover, who's really put together a fantastic campaign and one of the most incredible uh, races I've seen, uh, you know, in, in recent history on July 3rd here at Mohawk Park and winning that gold event. And second, Bruiser who uh, was a winner at Georgian Downs last time. And I mean, really, there's even it even gets deeper beyond that. Like, I I think this is a fantastic race, you know, for um, uh, the fans. And, and as a gambler, I'd much rather see 12 of them go postward than two divisions of six. So you mentioned a couple of the heavy hitters in there, including the eight Bulldog Hanover and the nine Lawless Shadow. Now, those two, in my opinion, are probably going to be your two favorites. 
But your top selection in here is at the least probably going to be the third selection. That's the two second bruisers. So talk a little bit about why you like him in here. I love this horse. I've loved him since I saw him last season. You know, this horse burst onto the scene in the Ontario Saturdays grassroots divisions. And, you know, his first starts, um, you know, probably just had to get an education. Uh, and I think he did make some breaks and some qualifiers prior to that. So he, um, he, he, Took one start to kind of get acclimated to the the whole process, but then he rhymed off four in a row in dominating fashion. And, you know, this season, you know, even in defeat, he's raced really well. His first start of the year, he got up to beat Under under the Southern Sun in a real uh, improbable spot. They came back with two second place finishes, uh, you know, second to Bulldog Hanover in the first OSS gold that was held here at Mohawk Park. And then, of course, last time, you know, just... uh, taking a trip around the track in 150 and two and doing it easy at Georgian Downs in a gold. So I think second bruiser is the one that is on the cusp of really breaking out. I mean, he's already broke out. He's racing fantastic. But uh, I think this is the time he might turn the tables on the ones that uh, are considered to be the ones to beat in the class. Yeah, I, I unfortunately think I'm going to have to go a little form flint here. My top selection, I, I think I will take the eight Bulldog Hanover. But the good thing is five to two on the morning line, your favorite. I can't imagine he's too short of a price by post time with this type of field. So it should still be an okay price, even if he does go off the favorite. But uh, I know you had mentioned it in your comments in the Horse Players Journal. But, I, yeah, I'm not so sure how much he liked those Georgian down that small track last time. So if we're willing to just kind of excuse that effort, he's been really good since then, or prior to that, rather. And especially here at by Mohawk back on July 3rd in the Ontario Cyrus States. I thought that was a big effort from post 10 to get the job done from out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, it's a good point you make because, you know, I did mention in the journal about Georgian Downs not being a surface probably to his liking, especially, you know, over the five eights, uh, you know, size track. Uh, last season, the only time he did miss the board is when he made a break and stride over a half mile surface. So I certainly think you're right. He should like it much more at Mohawk Park uh, than he did at Georgian last time. And finally, of course, the horse we talked about a little bit here, but definitely got to give a little bit more love to again, biased by my Meadowlands connections, but the nine lawless shadow Via disqualification, got put up as the winner of the $700,000 Meadowlands Pace Final, and then came back at Georgian Downs a week later and ended up being defeated as not your favorite, though, as the $1.45 second choice in that race beaten by a nose while leading most of the way. What do you think of that effort? I thought it was a pretty good effort. I mean, he got, he got, uh, you know, run out for, uh, you know, part of the mile and 26 and three, 54 and one, 121 and three, uh, three over Georgian Downs is certainly, uh, you know, uh, a, a pretty, uh, rock solid pace. And I thought Desperate Man raced great to, uh, get the better him on the wire. But, you know, you think about it too, you might have to excuse him as well, just for the fact that, you know, he, he raced, uh, in the Meadowlands pace, he raced well in the elimination, then obviously got placed up in the final, but raced great in doing so, you know, you maybe have to give him a start up here uh, back on Canadian soil before he's going to really be at his best. So I'm expecting a, a better version of Lala's shadow. Uh, having said that, I did put him in the third spot. I guess with one more here quickly to throw in there, we will mention the three desperate man who was the winner, as we just mentioned there, Georgian down. So in that race, desperate man, the winner, Lala's shadow finishing second, Bulldog Hanover finishing third. So what do you think of desperate man coming back here, looking to beat those rivals again tonight? You know, it's an effort that jumps right off the page at you, isn't it? I mean, you know, a huge back half, 49 and four. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I, I certainly didn't see him as one that would get the better of those two being Lala Shadow and Bulldog Hanover at Georgian Downs on July the 25th. But, uh, you know, I certainly, you know, wouldn't fault anyone for thinking, you know what, hey, I'll take a flyer on this one just based off uh, of that performance. You know, certainly showed a lot of promise at two, went three for six and five of those efforts landed uh, on the board. Um, I just think that, uh, 
this is as, as you know he won last time but this is deep water again field of 12 and uh i think you know back in the big track we're gonna see the um the the real uh heavy hitters of the uh, division you know rise to the top once again yeah, definitely a big field. That's just a couple of them we have time to talk about here. But that full field of 12, I think you can make a good argument for a good number of them in here. It should be a great eighth race tomorrow. Again, the Ontario Sire Stakes gold, $160,000 purse. So next, we'll turn our attention south of the border tomorrow. It's the greatest day in harness racing. It is Hamiltonian Day at the Meadowlands. And in particular, we'll just jump right into it. Let's take a look at race 15, approximate post time tomorrow around 6.12 p.m., the Hamiltonian final, number 96, the three-year-old open trot, million-dollar purse. Robert, who did you like in this race? Well, you know what? This is uh, such a tough race, isn't it? Uh, you know, I look at this one, and, and it's such a deep field. You know, I would love to, you know, sentimentally go to uh, Quattro de Julio. I'm a big fan of this horse, but yikes, post 10 is such a tough task, and I just don't know if he can do it from out there. You know, I was looking at it, um, you know, this morning and watching all the eliminations again. Captain Corey certainly uh, returned to the form that I uh, loved seeing him in last season as a two-year-old, you know, in his elimination, and that was one that I I was actually hoping would come up to Mohawk Park for the Mohawk Million. Uh, obviously didn't, uh, but, uh, you know, Venerate did. He came up and won the Mohawk Million uh, at uh, Mohawk Park, and I, I thought he was okay finishing third in his um, his elimination. But, you know, the horse I want to go to, and I'm hoping maybe we get a bit of a price, is uh, number seven really fast for Nancy Tactor. You know, I thought, uh, you know, obviously finishing second in the uh, elimination to Captain Corey, you know, disappointed as the favorite. But uh, I like the fact that uh, Dexter Dunn sticks with this one, you know, over uh, another elimination winner. And, uh, you know, Nancy Tactor just uh, has a way of getting their her horses to uh, race their absolute best on the biggest stages. And I just think that uh, number seven really fast is the direction I want to lean in on Hambo Day. But you know what? I'll be honest. It, it really is a deep field. And I just can't wait to see this race. Yeah, I cannot disagree there. You know, we're coming off of a... Meadowlands pace last year where Tall Dark Stranger, who you also got to see up with by Mohawk, was quite a short price. And this year, of course, a wide open board there. And likewise, in Hamiltonian last year, Ramona Hill going off at two to five. This year, there will be no two to five in this field. So a very, very good betting race for sure. And, you know, I the seven really fast is really an interesting one to me because I remember when he debuted back on April the 2nd, a bit of a late bloomer here, didn't race a two, came up this year. And he's been pretty good in his efforts um, here at the Meadowlands since he's debuted. And I've, I've been, enjoyed following his career so far and really thought early on in April that he might end up being my pick in this race. But I actually ended up going with the one delayed Hanover, which was another horse that Dexter Dunn drove in the elimination. So Dexter Dunn does land on the seven really fast. But the one delayed Hanover picks up Yannick Jingra for trainer Oki Svonsted, was a winner in the elimination for post three. I thought had a pretty good effort there. And just seems to me to just be kind of getting better and better here and peaking at the right time. I mean, you know, that's a big part of, of course, the game here with the Hamiltonian is not only who might be the best horse, but making sure they're the best horse on that first Saturday in August. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You know what? I didn't mention delayed Hanover Edison, but this horse is one that uh, you certainly have to, uh, you know, consider. And I'd even go and, and say maybe even Son of a Mystery, you know, from post six is one that uh, might come up with a better performance, you know, uh, in the final. So it, it is a deep field. And I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of different opinions, which will lead to uh, a pretty uh, good betting race. And uh, I certainly won't leave delayed Hanover off my tickets. Well, anyway, so a very good edition of the Hamiltonian coming up tomorrow. And 
Just uh, notes on the Hamiltonian really quickly. Think of him here off the top of my head. Uh, so CBS Sports will have the coverage tomorrow from 5.30 to 6.30. The Meadowlands YouTube channel will have the live stream all day, which I will be on and off of a couple times. And uh, also Racetrack Television Network, as always, watch the full live stream all day from the Meadowlands. And Fox Sports, during their coverage of America's Day at the Racing from Saratoga, will be cutting in live to catch the Hamiltonian. And from a betting perspective, the 20-cent pick six will start in race one, so a little bit different than usual. 16 race card tomorrow starting at 12 noon. So that 20-cent pick six will start in race one. The pick five will start in race three, races three through seven. Now the early pick four, well, actually, let me back up there first. The survivor, the 20-cent survivor pick seven, races five through 11, will start in race five. And then that early pick four will start tomorrow in race eight. Race eight for the 50 cent early pick four races eight, nine, 10, and 11 with a $75,000 guaranteed pool. And then the late pick four, which will include the Hamiltonian and the Hamiltonian Oaks, will kick off in race 12. That 50 cent late pick four races 12, 13, 14, and 15, $125,000 guaranteed pool. And once again, the big one at 6 12 p.m. approximately, race 15, Hamiltonian number 96. So that just about wraps up the time that we have here today. First episode of First Over with Edison Hatter. Again, Robert Reed Jr., thank you so much for being our guest today. And hopefully we will be right back here again next week to talk about more racing from Woodby Mohawk and from the rest of the country.